This is the 30th episode of the Life in the Desert podcast, and I'm Kelly, the host. On this episode, I'm excited to share with you about a truly inspirational person, Buna George. She's a human native and has such a positive outlook. Listen to hear about her journey with cancer, her career, and the fabulous way she gives back to the community. Believe me, you'll have a smile on your face as you listen to Buna's story. Well, I am thrilled this week to introduce our next guest, Buna George. So we have gotten to know one another through the Arizona Community Foundation. And I just think Buna is such a dynamite person that I wanted her to come on and share more about herself with all of you. So welcome, Buna. Hello, hello. Thank you for the invite. I am so thrilled. This is such a treat. Thank you again. Oh, well, I really appreciate you taking the time and I just love your enthusiasm. It makes it so much more fun. (laughs) Good stuff. I'm excited. Awesome. Okay. So I thought it'd be great just for us to start out um, for people to learn a little bit more about you and your background. So um, tell us a little bit about like your work life um, and like how you've ended up in your positions that you're in today. Oh, man. Well, I'm all, it all started when two people fell in love, right? <laughs> <laughs> My, um, so I'm, I'm born in Yuma, raised in Yuma, moved to Phoenix for a few years, and then cycled back because this is home and this is where my family is. Um, Dad was in Vietnam, was transferred and stationed here in Yuma, um, originally from Texas. Uh, Granddaddy's a Baptist preacher. And so that, that, that accent will come out every once in a while. Okay. Not, not too (laughs) often. Um, And then my mother is, um, I, I I joke and I say my mom's from LA, but she's actually from Los Algodones, right? Um, (laughs) How cool. That's so neat. Yeah. So my dad was at the doctor one day and my mom was a nurse and, you know, it's kind of like a a cheesy hallmark, um, you know, set up, but it was like, you know, love at first sight, et cetera, et cetera. He didn't speak any Spanish. He didn't speak any English or like, this is perfect. Let's just go with it. Um, <laughs> that uh, is so neat. I've heard of people like meeting that way. And I'm like, that's incredible. Yeah. And then, uh, so I ended up serving as a translator uh, for my parents, like when I was born. Uh, so there's, um, there's video footage like mom, you know, me papi dice da 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 da, and then I'd go with my dad and be like, dad, my mom said what no 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god, I love it. So and it, it was um well I and I didn't know until and and I'll get into like this portion of uh you know my life and all the secrets that came out not not necessarily secrets but you know so my dad had had a procedure to no longer have children because when I was born my father was forty so um you know, he had kind of told himself, Hey, you know, I'm already done, blah, 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 this and that had an accident at work, the procedure reversed itself. And then, you know, my mom's like, I had to explain to him that I was pregnant, but then he told me he couldn't have children. So, you know, she was like in this predicament, like, what am I going to do? And then here comes Buna, right? Um, And I'm named after my grandmother. So my father's mother, And he always told me, like, you know, I knew my mom's name was Buna, but I never had to say it. Her name was Mother. And he said, so when my mom uh, decided to name me, so it's it's Buna Moselle George Sanchez, right, on my mom's side. (laughs) So it's like the perfect culmination (laughs) of the Irish-Russian-Mexican background. 
Um, and he said, it was just so odd. He's like, to have to call you Buna, you know? And uh, nine times out of 10, uh, because my last name is George and Buna is not very common. I get, you know, the typical like, um, Mr. George. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm a lady. (laughs) (laughs) Clear that up. So uh, Yuma has been very good to me. Um, Like, unfortunately, my parents divorced when I was a senior in high school. And my dad had told me he had just gotten me a car, right? I thought it was so cool in my 1996 Honda. And he's all, do you like your car? I was like, I love my car. And he's all, do you want to keep your car? I said, of course I want to keep my car. He's all, then you should find a job because we're going to get divorced. And I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like thrown into the workforce, right? I mean, uh, we had a a great childhood. Everything was great. I have an older brother, you know, a lot of really good memories. But, you know, that's life, right? That's not anything uncommon nowadays. Still have a really good relationship with both of my parents. And um, so my first real job, quote unquote, was at Polar Cooling. I was a, I learned dispatching and then uh, working obviously with with like a male dominated crew um accounting all kinds of you know anything that that goes on with the hvac industry which in yuma arizona where it's hellaciously hot is like a guaranteed job right (laughs) yes so i i fell in love with it and i said oh my god like as a dispatcher i found that i really love to tell people what to do right (laughs) That's like carried over from one job to another in like the most positive connotations, you know, it's a joke. So, um, you know, just kind of started from there, went to AWC, got an associates in business administration. And I just didn't think of myself as like a school kid. Uh, You know, sometimes that comes just so naturally to someone just like, oh, I have a master's and I'm 20. You know, I, I just I wasn't I wasn't that kid. Um, but I always worked and, you know, family was always important, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I fell into more administrative type roles. So I ended up working uh, through Yuma County at the health department, which was really fun. Um, got to learn so much on on the governmental side, but I've always been in construction and trades. Uh, that has just always kind of been my jam. Uh, dad worked for a home builder growing up, and then mom did books um, for a for a mechanic shop. So I just kind of ended up cultivating kind of a little bit of both of those. Uh, and then I fell into a real estate company uh, on an admin side. And then from there, it just, I kind of figured, like, I think this is kind of what I want to be when I grow up. And... Um, and I, I, I will be honest and say, hey, there's a there's a BC Buna and there's an AD Buna. And people are going to be like, did she just equivalent herself to Jesus? Like, yeah, I totally did. <laughs> I love it. So, I know. Well, the BC and the AD was uh, so I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2015. So the BC is going to be before cancer and the AD is going to be after diagnosis, because when it comes to a life event like that literally everything stops right and you gain a new perspective and someone has stamped literally a expiration date on your back but I can't see it right and in um so I guess that was the day Kelly that I learned and I'll tell you about that day that I was diagnosed it was 7 45 in the morning um I had had a procedure because I had you know had some kind of stuff going on and I was diagnosed October 9th, 2015 at about 8 a.m. 
And I sat in the parking lot of Yuma Gastro right off of 16th Street, not knowing what to do. I didn't want to call my mom. I didn't want to call my dad. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, my employer at the time who I, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for her guidance, um, actually for, for both of the managing partners, um, you know, I joke and I'm like, you guys created this monster. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and, and I had to go to work because, uh, because it was October 9th. I worked in property management at that time. And, um, you know, for those people that manage properties, usually I always tried to get my owner draws out by the 10th and the 10th was going to be a Saturday. So I had to get it done on the 9th because it was a Friday, uh, owner draws, meaning, tenants pay rent we do all the deductions and then they get certain proceeds and then had to go to work and do that right mind you was diagnosed in the morning um and then I got home that night and I had a final due because it was my first semester getting my undergrad at Arizona State University and that's when I learned the world is not going to stop just because I'm in a crummy situation wow I am so impressed though that you receive that diagnosis and you could see keep like functioning that day and you know got things done that you had to do uh well needless to say I was like numb for the next week because I'm like what the hell like what the hell is gonna happen what the hell am I gonna do I had my dad had been with me uh when they did the procedure um you know the a colonoscopy there at the hospital and the doctor came in and I still roll my eyes at this doctor uh, I'm barely coming out of anesthesia. My dad's sitting in that little chair, you know, next to me trying to wake up. And he comes in. He's all, we found a tumor. We think it's cancer. I'll let you know. And then you turn around and walked away. Oh, my gosh. And my dad, like, lost it. And I'm still kind of borderline, what the hell's going on, you know? like. <laughs> and, yeah. it fi- and it finally set in. And I said, okay, if they call me, then it's bad. If they don't call me, then I'm good, you know. Um, and then they called me two days later and they said, you need to come in on day three um, because we need to read you, read you the results. So the day that I went to the doctor, obviously, I tried to call my dad to tell him, hey, this is what's going on. And he didn't answer his phone. Uh, and my dad doesn't never not answer his daughter. Right. And so I had to literally go to his house the next day, sit and be like, this is what's going on. Um, my mother, my grandmother, who I'm her junior, right? I call myself her junior. Uh, she also passed away from a, uh, cancer related illness, um, around the same areas that mine was located. So I think he had that, you know, not only did I lose my mom, now I'm going to lose my daughter, you know? So anyway, uh, all that fun stuff. I can talk to you about it now, Kelly, um, because I, I, I told myself, hey, why don't you just document it as you go through it, you know, go on social media, do this, do that. Like, I was open about the diagnosis, but there's people always say, oh, the good, the bad and the ugly. There was good that came from it afterwards. There's a lot of bad and there's a lot of ugly um, that you kind of have to go through. Radiation is not fun. Chemotherapy is not fun. The combination of chemotherapy and radiation is not fun. Um, I had to go in and do surgery. They resected nine inches of my colon. 
um, and sewed me back together. And uh, I was treated here at the cancer center. Phenomenal doctors, phenomenal nurses. I am forever indebted to them. Um, and then I got shot up to a specialist in Phoenix um, because, you know, we, we have limited um, specialty resources here, I guess you can say at the, at the hospital. So my oncologist at the time, um, Dr. Yang, who I absolutely love, um, he's not at YRMC anymore. I think he relocated. Anyway, he told me, he's like, Buna, I deal with geriatric patients and I have to give them 10 years. And he said, you are my youngest patient. I've got to get you 50. I don't have that expertise, you know, head up to Phoenix. And so I did. So it was yearly, uh, every six months, I would get checked, I would get a CT, make sure everything was out. Um, and then the colonoscopies were yearly. And then I had appointments quarterly. So people are like, Oh, my gosh, it sucks being sick. You know, what sucks, like more about being sick is like those hospital bills don't stop coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, every checkup, every scan, everything. Yes, it's not just during your period. Even now, I'm sure you're still facing that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and I appreciate the GoFundMes. Like, I didn't have one set up. I was um, uh, still employed. My employer was very generous with me. Even the days that, um, you know, I, I, I didn't go in, I still had, like, a salary. And then um, I was very fortunate, like I said, just to have some money in, like, a savings account. Uh, because I was saving up to build a house and I'm like, this is going to be my countertops and these are my fixtures and this and that. And God was just like, yeah, yeah. Just give me a moment. <laughs> yeah. I have another plan. Yeah. Uh -huh. A little obstacle for you first. Uh huh. And I was just like, no, but I wanted Corian. You don't understand, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, it's been a whirlwind. And I think after that, um, you know, I, I usually had kind of like an eight to five, very comfortable jobs. Like I've always enjoyed obviously what I did. Um, and then it came to one day to where I was like, you understand the concept of time. You understand now when people say, you know, time is so short and the years pass by and the minutes pass by. We are literally in October. It's almost Christmas. And I still think we're in 2020 COVID times. I know. Time is definitely crazy. Yeah. So with that, with that being said, I said, you know, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I had like a meltdown. I left my job. I said, I'm going to go into real estate sales 100%. And I still wasn't um, like physically well, you know, to kind of be able to do that. So I, I took kind of like a sabbatical for a little bit. And um, I was in the middle, like in the middle of treatment, right? And it was a day that was like, horrendous. So, you know, have you ever had like a sunburn on your shoulders where you're like, oh God, that hurts, you know, when I move it a little bit? Yes. So like I had one of those sunburns, but like where the sun doesn't shine on account of the radiation, nobody will talk to you about that. Right. I, you know, a lot of people aren't going to be frank about the, um, like, I don't have kids. I wasn't given the opportunity because, um, I had pelvic radiation. So I got shot into menopause by the time I was 30. And um, I had had the conversation with my oncologist, like, you know, you can do the freezing of the eggs and you can do alternative one, two and three. And he said, you know, what if this is genetic? Would you want to pass it down to your kids? And, I and said, did he and I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but did he bring that up too? because like you had a grandmother um, 
was something similar and then he was saying that maybe like is that how he put that connection together well kind of because they say like oh it, it ends up skipping a generation right like we hear that a lot when it comes to you know n- not only health but like characteristics right within the family um so i did go in and do um like genetic testing so um just to not bore you with the medical side of it there's one possibility and they kind of they're like we're going to bank it because there's still more research being done on this actually being a genetic defect and i said okay because normally you don't get this type of cancer unless you're a male over the age of 60 right and here i am a tender 29 year old female um you know with the same diagnosis so with that um i met my best friend in the cancer center parking lot (laughs) I looked at her. She looked at me. She's like, you're too young to be here. And I'm like, oh, my God, so are you. Right. And then we started talking and turns out it was the older sister to somebody I had gone to high school with. And um, we kind of found that common ground between us because it's not like I could go to my friends and be like, oh, my God, I feel so horrible after chemo because everyone's busy, you know, developing their careers and having families and doing this and doing that. But I'm at a standstill. Right. So her and I made this like wonderful connection and she's still my best friend till this day. Um, Absolutely love her, her daughter, her husband. I mean, she's like kind of integrated me into her family and I've done the same to her. Um, And with that, we started um, the Hope Brigade, which was a nonprofit. So it's a 501c3 we set up for um, cancer patients and caregivers to kind of have somewhere to go in and the caregivers spoke to the caregivers because the caregivers take on a whole different role, um, even though they're not going through the treatments, right? And we wanted to make sure that people had that scapegoat because if a caregiver's tired, they're not going to tell the cancer patient, oh, I'm so tired. And the cancer patient, me, I'm going to feel bad. In my, in my case, my caregiver was my mama, um, who I love and absolutely adore. And I didn't live with either of my parents. I had my own place. And my mom said, you need to give up your place. Come move in with me while you're sick, you know? And, and I didn't, you know why Kelly? Because I, I was not going to die at either one of my parents' house. Uh. I know, I know. And it's like, dude, these are decisions that you're having to make at freaking 30 instead of like, you know, What's my, what's my takeout going to be? What am I going to do? What, you know, what investment am I going to do next? So anyways, um, with all that, I I had a great support system, um, you know, was involved, heavily involved in a church um, before then. And they were all really great. In fact, the morning of my surgery, I think I had like 26 people in my waiting room. Um, oh my god I know it was wonderful and and he's uh well the first one to show up well he used to be my roommate like way back in the day right and um he he was like I I wanted to be here for you and I'm like well you're gonna be late to work you know and so he was the first one there and then friends and family and everybody just kept rolling in you know we're praying for you this is gonna go well et cetera et cetera et cetera and it did and it has and a long story short, I turned out to be a real risk taker, um, something that I didn't kind of know about myself before, right? Uh, still have my real estate license. Um, I'm so fortunate to be able to uh, help families, you know, um, with my capacity, with my impact, like today, just today, 
closed on a military family. She's literally driving in from San Diego with a bunch of her stuff, um, recently retired, and her son is stationed here. And I'm like, that's pretty cool that I got to help make that connection. Um, and then, you know, I, I had it, I guess this is just one that things that, that kind of stands out. Um, I handed keys to a client and she bawled. And it's exciting. Oh. Like, it's exciting, yeah. right? And I said, these are not like tears of excitement. These are tears of you got something going on. And she just gave me a big hug. And she said, um, she's like, we've been living with my mother-in-law. And she said, unfortunately, we don't get along. She said, I've been sleeping in my car these last two days, waiting for my house to close so I have a house to go back to. Oh, wow. And I'm all, man. And people think like, oh, realtors, they just sell houses. Like, man, we clean houses. We have, I mean, th this industry, I swear, is is kind of a thankless one sometimes, but we have the biggest impact, not only economic impact, right, for the cities and the counties and the property taxes that are collected, but, you know, it's it's the American dream, right, to be able to own property, something that some other countries you can only fathom to do. And that's kind of, that's what keeps me like in the industry, right? Um, obviously not high volume. There's two gals that I work with in the office. Um, and then there's a transaction coordinator that the uh, brokerage um, provides for you. So if somebody takes care of the paperwork and then you're just kind of on the forefront, you know, I'm able to juggle that between that and the Port Authority and still make stuff happen on both ends. So because that is something I am extremely <sighs> impressed that you can juggle your real estate career and you work full time for the Greater Yuma Port Authority. Right. So I had reached out to he's the chairman and I watched him on social media and I said he's involved. He's got all these civic duties, but he's still in real estate. Like, does this man ever sleep? Right. Because he was <laughs> always everywhere, anywhere at any given time. So I called him out of the blue and I said, will you sit and talk to me? And um, again, even though I was diagnosed in 2015 and I didn't get my degree until December of 2020, which I'm super proud of. I'm looking at it right now, hanging on my wall. And I was like, you $20,000 piece of paper, I love you so much. <laughs> well, you should be so proud of yourself. And I'm thrilled that you didn't give up on that and you persevered and you got that done with everything that you had experienced. Yeah. And, and that's what it reflects. To, you know, when I look at that paper, it's not just, you know, oh, it's a degree. Like, no, you know what? That shouldn't be hanging there. I shouldn't even be here to enjoy it, right? Uh, and I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. I can't tell you. Uh, uh, I, I, I find myself crying, not like full on, you know, but like tears run down my face. A lot of the times, you know, uh, not saying like a few times a day, but at least a few times a week where I feel so fortunate. Whether if it's because I'm over with my mom and she's making me dinner or if I'm at my dad's house playing with his dogs. Um, I, I just, I feel like the most fortunate person a lot well, of the time. I'm, I must say, you know, like meeting you, you really radiate positivity and you just seem, I don't know. I just think it really like it, you know, others around you, like we feed off of that because you're just like full of energy, smiling. You're just so positive. But I think 
because you, you know, like you were saying, you're before cancer and after cancer, Buna, like you really like make the most of every moment. And I think that's such a powerful, you know, lesson for all of us to really learn from. Right. And it shouldn't have to take like a, a, a detrimental event. But for me, that's that's what it did. Um, I was raised in church. Like I said, granddad was a Baptist preacher. Um, and I have very strong faith. I love Jesus. Oh my goodness. Um, it's, it's not, how do I explain it? It's a partnership. It's a, it's an everyday partnership. Whenever something horrible or unexpected, or I got to look at a problem in the face and I, I just say, Hey, we got to handle this. We got to handle this. So I never feel as if I'm doing anything on my own. Um, and I'm forever grateful for that. Uh, it's not this whimsical, oh, you know, uh, whatever his will is. Like, yeah, whatever his will is, but work. Put your, get your hands dirty. Like, what are you doing? Don't, don't think that everything's going to come to you just sitting on the couch. That's not going to be the case. You know, you have two legs at work. You have two arms at work. And then you've got, you know, this brain that's making you operate at 100% of your capacity. Don't don't waste that, you know, and, and again, you know, that's my kind of argument on whimsical Christianity, like, oh, everything will be fine. And it's just like, yeah, but he's not a magician. You have to go out there. You have to get your hands dirty. Like, what's going to be your impact? Like, what are you called to do? Because if you're called to do something, get up and go do it. And that's hard. And Yes. And I think, though, that with that mentality that you have, it really um, I feel like that's. I mean, I know I'm speaking for you, but I feel like that's a big part possibly of why you give back with so much of your time. Yeah. And I, and I enjoy it. So with, um, with the authority, once I had that conversation with him, um, you know, interviewed for the position, wasn't picked right off the bat. And then the gentleman who was hired before me left. And then I got the call back. Right. I had never executive directed a port authority before. Just to be completely honest, like I have a board of absolutely wonderful people that gave me a chance and they learned with me and they've grown with me. And you can't ask anything else from somebody, especially because they're all very powerful community leaders. Um, I had never executive directed a board before. You know, I had had, yeah, my little, uh, you know, the Hope Brigade was a nonprofit, but we were very it was very emotionally driven. But when you get into quasi-governmental work, Lord have mercy, that's a whole other freaking monster, you know? And I have learned so much. So I'm, I'm actually contracted with the, um, with the Port Authority. I guess I want to back up on that. I have an LLC um, called LG Advising. So I work as an advisor to the authority. Um, and then I also carry that LLC obviously over with my real estate work. So I am a small business owner. Absolutely love it. Um, and I think if you have the capacity to do it, you totally should. Right. Um, and that's a risk that a lot of people aren't willing to take. I wasn't willing to take it. If you would have asked me, you know, 10 years ago, Hey, do you think you ever own a business? Nope. <laughs> no, because it's, it's hard. And because there's payroll and because I don't understand and because, you know what you learn google is and, your friend right yes no but i agree with you like 
you totally nailed it. Like, I think a lot of people think like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Right. Or they, maybe they doubt themselves, but it's amazing the things that you can learn and the challenges that may lie ahead, but you can like persevere and be like, oh my gosh, I did that. And this is my business and be so proud of yourself for those things. Yeah. And I've, um, I've learned to love it. So because of my uh, you know, I've grown up on both sides of the border, you know, obviously, but now I have a different type of understanding. I've learned into the logistics business, which I absolutely adore, right? Um, I, I find that I've always been really good with numbers, um, working with the real estate companies or any type of construction companies. It's always like, you know, budget for your project. What are your parameters? Where are you going? Point A, point B, what exactly are going to be your deliverables? And I've carried that and compounded everything that I've learned over the years into what I'm doing now. Well, that is remarkable. I mean, you really have done so much and I'm so proud of you. And I just love that you are just like such a go-getter though. I really, really love it. And I know that we've talked about the Hope Brigade and now I, I know that you're involved in other organizations too. Can you tell us more about those um, other organizations that you're involved with? Um, yeah. So I'm on the board for next gen. Um, that's kind of a, a recent thing. I did take a step back, obviously, when I was you know, in between trying to get my career in line and then getting my health back in order. But, you know, I was involved in um, Optimus before. I had a lot of church volunteering before. But now, and I said, you know what, I'm going to be very specific um, because where I serve, I want to make sure to have a great impact. I don't just want to be one of those board members. Oh, yeah, put me on an agenda and then than me not do anything. No, because I'm a direct, I'm an executive director now. I know what goes on on the other side of the fence. And so I want to be a very supportive board member. So, and, you know, mentioned at the beginning, you know, you and I serve with Arizona Community Foundation. And I think Veronica has done an absolute marvelous job um, with all her outreach here in, in the Yuma community and throughout the state. Um, and that has to be my my favorite one, right? My my ACF yeah. advisory role. Um, next gen, like I said, I'm just barely, you know, I've, I think I'm less than six months in. Um, but I I do believe that you know you have to start coaching this next generation uh, because those are eventually going to be our leaders, right? When we get older, and then these younger kids get older as well. Um, excuse me. So I think that workforce development, the leadership training, and everything is is absolutely crucial. Um, especially for a community like ours. And then as of yesterday, I was nominated for a two-year term for another nonprofit, but I'm not per se on the board yet. So when I am, then I'll make that announcement. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations to you. That's a wonderful. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. So again, I just wanted to make sure that my impact was going to be great on whatever board that I serve. So as of right now, just next gen and just ACF and possibly a third. You shouldn't just say just because I think that's a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I think that's wonderful that you're, you know, intentional with your time. I think that's great. But do you have tips for people that maybe right now they're not involved in a nonprofit and they might be, oh, kind of on the fence, like maybe I should get involved in an organization? Um, what tips could you give them? You know, find something that really jazzes you. That sounds so cheesy, right? Like I'm no. jazzed about that, but <laughs> it's true because if something is a burden, you're not going to participate. You're not going to look forward to it. Like whenever I put it, something on my calendar, I'm like, I look forward to that. That's why I made time for it. 
So, you know, if you love animals and it's the humane society, uh, you know, if you want to work with um, a, a homeless population, a geriatric population, there's something to plug into. If there's something that you are jazzed about and there's nothing here in Yuma, start a club. Start a Facebook page, start a community. Hey, we're going to get together at the park on Tuesdays at 10, 10 a.m. If that's your demographic, right? You can start stuff. You don't have to say, oh, there's nothing here and then not do anything about it. You're allowed to be a creator. You're allowed to spearhead. You're allowed to be like the founder of something. So don't be afraid. Absolute worst case scenario. Say I wanted to start a club because... I love chihuahuas, which I had my chihuahua named Frito Burrito <laughs> for 15 years. And he pa- I know he passed last June while I had COVID. And so I couldn't give him his proper goodbye. And that will forever hurt me because he was my little buddy. Man, that guy was like Aww. my little pal. And so, you know, I started Chihuahua Club and two people show up. I made those two people's day. What's, what's the absolute worst thing that can happen? Nobody shows up and it's just you and your dog in the park. You get a day in the park with your dog. Seriously, you know? Yeah. No, and I love it. And there really is like, I think like you're saying, you'd be surprised how many people share an interest with you, whether yep. how big or how small that interest is. I completely agree. And, you know, it, it, it's that fear factor. Like, don't let it hold you back. Seriously, don't let it hold you back. So, and it's just a matter of getting online and Googling something or going on Facebook, going on Instagram, social media, and is honestly like our new kind of go-to search engine, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Or even, you know, within, within your family or word of mouth or whatever the case may be, like, but just find something that really jazzes you. Don't, don't just say like, oh, I just, I want to do volunteer work. And then you really not have a passion for it. Obviously you're passionate about something. Everybody is passionate about something. So, you know, I just, wherever your heart takes you, as long as you serve and you serve wholeheartedly and, you know, people will take notice and who knows, maybe something could great could escalate from that. It could go from citywide to statewide to nationwide to worldwide. Like our footprint can be so huge, but you have to be willing to take the first step. Well, I think that is excellent advice and just like reiterating what you're saying. I just feel like sometimes, yeah, we might not always we might like the negative thoughts or like the scary parts of it might um, hinder like moving forward. But, you know, it is good to put yourself out there and you never know what's going to come out of it. Very true. Well, you are just such an inspiration, Buna, and I have loved so much learning about you and, you know, your unique work history and your experience with cancer though. And you're just your positivity with that. And I'm so excited because you just recently got some exciting news, correct? About your cancer, um, recovery. Uh, yes. So as of two weeks ago, my oncologist said, Hey, I don't need to see you anymore. You've made it five years. All clear with your scans. All clear with your colonoscopies. I'll see you later. And I said, look, sir, with all due respect, I don't want to see you later. So... (laughs) 
so yeah and then I had my last appointment yesterday with my gastro doctor and she said I'll see you back in three years you're doing phenomenal so I am officially in remission so I'm officially ready to take on the world whatever that means but just know that I am I'm so excited and I literally feel like I got a second shot and I just want to do everything in 24 hours and I have overwhelmed myself this last week and realized that you can't. But I um, I do realize that I do have a different type focus after somebody told me, hey, you're going to be okay. So I'm so excited. Well, I'm so happy for you and what fabulous news. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so happy you're here and I'm happy that, you know, I've had the opportunity to get to know you and I'm just so excited to see what you keep accomplishing. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So before I let you go, I ask all my guests some quick fire questions. Are you up for answering a few questions for me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. This will be fun and painless. I promise. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What is a fun fact about you? A fun fact? Mm, I love reflexology and massage therapy. Very nice. Yeah. So that is going to be my retirement career. They're like, oh, is she going to stop working? Like, no, dude, I'm jazzed about massage therapy and reflexology. So. (laughs) Well, how cool is that? Oh, my gosh. So neat. Okay. What is something you're proud of? The relationship I have with my mother and my father and my brother. Excellent. I know there's nothing like those family connections. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's flourishing and it's very healthy. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better family. Oh, I love that. Uh, what's your favorite kind of music? Anything I can dance to and helps me get my house clean quicker. (laughs) (laughs) That is some really good (laughs) advice. Right. Oh my God. That is so such a good answer. I love that. All right. Um, how about what's the last book you've read? The last book I read, uh, and I'm going back and, um, and reading it again. So I, excuse me, as I pull it off my shelf, um, dare to lead by Brene Brown. And then, um, I'm rereading the 12 week year. So a lot of, uh, I don't want to say self-improvement, but there's always ways to cultivate yourself um, and just kind of find inspiration through everybody else's stories. So uh, Brene Brown's, I'm I'm reading that Dare to Lead and then uh, the 12-week year. So good concepts. I don't know if I can execute them, but I'm going to try my darnest. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, every once in a while, like every like three, four months, I really need to like read like a self-improvement or some kind of book to kind of just get me like you're saying jazz about, you know, maybe like a new area or maybe an area that I need to focus on, you know, for, I don't know. It's so rewarding. I feel like to read those books and like see how you can put them in place, but I'll have to read those books that you recommended. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, like Jen Chinchero like, you're a badass. Like sometimes I have to remind myself, like, you know what? I totally am. You know, (laughs) (laughs) yes, you are (laughs) right. So they're all, they're all great. All right. Describe yourself in three words. Describe myself in three words. Sham. Wow. Um, I happy, uh, passionate, 
oh man can I be like you describe me in three words (laughs) (laughs) no well even those two words I think those are perfect words no I know it can be hard when it's like you're on the spot yeah you have to think about yourself yeah (laughs) Uh, okay on a scale of one to ten how good are you at keeping secrets Ooh. oh man (laughs) I was gonna be like no I mean when somebody comes to me with a you know uh something that doesn't need to be repeated you 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 respect that Oh, you yeah. respect that. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd like to think, you know, that, I, that I'm a, a trustworthy and secretive kind of person. Don't get me wrong. Like when it comes to surprise parties and stuff, I get all <laughs> giddy inside because it's like, I have to let it out because it'll <laughs> let out eventually. <laughs> yeah. And that's a happy thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the happy secrets, like I bubble on the inside, but when it's something, you know, very intimate and, and that's something that's going to stay with me. Okay, and one more question for you. What is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? The weirdest thing I've ever eaten? Mm. Uh, Amongst my travels with the Port Authority, which have led me to like San Luis Potosí, Hermosillo, um, you know, Mexico City, there, I had never eaten bone marrow. Mm. Like that's apparently something very common. I don't know, but uh, not my thing. Um, um, but they, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say not mine either. Yeah. You're brave. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, like this big, beautiful steakhouse in Hermosillo. Have you ever had Sonora meat? I'm not sure I have. You need, you, you're missing out. It's an absolute beautiful marble of just like fat to meat content. And they bring out this huge slab next to your table and they're like, how big of a piece do you want? And I'm like, oh my God. Okay, it shrinks when you cook it, so go <laughs> back a little bit more, you know. <laughs> but they, um, it was my chairman at the time, and he ordered, it was the bone marrow, so it's the bone split in half, and they roasted it with um, rosemary, and you hit a little bit of lime juice and a corn tortilla. The most magical thing I've ever eaten. Oh, well, that does sound great. Yeah, but it's like served like in the bone. And I'm all, this this seems like so barbaric, you know? (laughs) And then afterwards, I'm like finding myself wanting to gnaw on it because it was so good. But I didn't because I was (laughs) a company, so... You held back. I'm, I'm yeah. proud of you. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And then I did, when I was in Mexico City, I did try, like, the grasshoppers, the chapulines. Um, or, I'm sorry, the like, the crickets or whatever it was. Anyways, it was yes. co- yeah, coated in chocolate. Totally just wasn't my thing. It was it was so weird. And I'm like, I spent my whole life killing them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I have to eat them. <laughs> I, you know, I did try those one time, too, at a restaurant. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't know. And there were so many, like, in the taco. I it was like, this is nuts. I actually thought it wasn't bad, but I'm not going to eat it on a like weekly basis or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. You definitely <laughs> won't find a bag in my car. Yeah, so I get it. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Love all of your answers. You're so fun. Well, thank you. This has been, um, you know, you know, like I told you, I just I wanted to have just a genuine conversation. I'm, I'm not you know, per se is plugged in, uh, like a lot of other people are on social media sharing absolutely every aspect of it. I mean, I have an Instagram account, um, you know, on, on my LinkedIn, my Twitter, I just, 
I was very reserved for a lot of years. And it's almost like I feel like I'm coming out of my, my little bit shell and saying, hey, I can process what's really been going on. And I have this really beautiful perspective on life. And I think I'm going to be a little bit more vocal and start sharing that more often. Well, I think you should. And I'm so excited that you um, did this podcast with me and you are a fabulous guest. I appreciate the invite. I honestly was like, why does she want to talk to me? (laughs) (laughs) Because you are so great. You really are. And everyone has a story to tell. And that's so much what I love about this platform. It's like, you know, maybe everyone knows you, maybe everyone doesn't, but everyone has a story. And I just love highlighting that. Yeah, definitely. And I love to just listen right so oh my god I can't believe she did that or oh my god tell me a little bit about that by all means like please put my contact info on your show notes if somebody just wants to reach out and have a conversation because one you're going through cancer or you're a caregiver or you're just overwhelmed or you're dealing with infertility or you're just having a crummy day and like I sound like someone that's pretty cool that could talk to you by all means seriously come to my house We'll have some coffee or some tea, whatever your jam is. I have this big, beautiful, comfy couch, and we'll just have a conversation because I love that. You're the kindest person. That is awesome. And how nice, you know, for people to hear that. You're so wonderful, Diana. Yeah, definitely. And thank (laughs) you for doing this. And like I said, I just enjoyed the shows that I was listening to last night, just laughing. um, (laughs) So my birthday is on Thursday and uh, I'm I'm throwing myself a little birthday party. So I'm like putting together gift bags, right? Because that's just who Buna is. Buna wants to hang out with people, but then give them stuff when they're hanging out with her. Um, So I was stuffing my little bags and listening to the show and just laughing, like laughing hysterically all by myself. You're in the in the office. So um, I really appreciate what you've done. It's it's obviously a very beautiful art. I know you are jazzed about it. That's why you dedicate your time. And I know you have a husband and you have kids. And so uh, juggling that with a career and a podcast, kudos to you, my dear. Oh, thank you so much. And a happy early birthday to you. I hope you have a fabulous time celebrating. Okay, will do. Hey, thanks again for the opportunity to just kind of let me talk at the people out there. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to Buna's story on the 30th episode of the Life in the Desert podcast. Buna really radiates positivity and hope that she has rubbed off on you. Take Buna's advice and truly appreciate each day and make the most of all that comes your way. Check out the show notes at lifeinthedesert.net forward slash podcast for links and more info from the episode. Wishing you a great week and I'll be back soon with another great episode from the desert.